get that little mental health preparedness box ready and have those coloring books, the music, reading books, stress balls, whatever will help you to calm and soothe your response to the fear and the threat that you may be feeling. You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason. On today's episode, we have Dr. Rebecca Hubbard. She is the Director of Outreach and Prevention and Education for Mental Health Association Oklahoma, and she is here today to talk about coronavirus anxiety. Rebecca, thank you so much for being here with us this morning. Thank you, Matt. So it's 9.16 a.m., on Thursday, March 12th. And um, as many of you know, last night was full of news that was deeply disturbing. Um, You know, Tom Hanks has coronavirus. Uh, The NBA has shut down its season. There's um, a player for the Utah Jazz has coronavirus and they halted a game in Oklahoma City last night before it could even start. And Everybody is, including myself, and uh, you know, full transparency. I'm pretty freaked out, and so, I, so this is going to be one part therapy, one part tips, and then, you know, just calm me down, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> no, I okay, I completely get it. I, I, yes, I understand. And actually, to be a little bit anxious right now is not abnormal at all. With uh, such a new and unknown situation that we're in, it would be very normal to kind of have some concerns, some fears. The thing that we don't want to do is let it get out of control, right, with our anxiety and our fear. And so ultimately, we need to keep reminding ourselves of things like this will end. This is temporary. It's not going to go on forever. The efforts that are being made by the authorities are in response to try to uh, just keep everybody safe and not have more cases, you know, and it really, it could be worse. I mean, we do have a a rate that is um, a bit scary as far as exposure and fatality, but it could be worse. And our leaders and the people in authority, they're not taking extreme measures. They're taking the steps that are necessary to try to protect the public. And I think following their precautions is one thing that will really assist you in managing your anxiety. So knowledge is one of these things that's really tricky, especially in this kind of situation. So a certain amount of knowledge allows you to prepare and to take precaution. And being able to prepare and take precaution can calm your anxiety. But there's a little line somewhere that you will possibly cross. And when you cross that line, you move into a place of of fear and anxiety, and it's where you're getting too much of that information. I would really encourage, um, one, to make sure you're looking at reliable sources that present the facts without any kind of sense, what's the word? You know what I mean? Sensationalism. Yes, that word. Uh, I would look at the CDC and get the information you need to get. They have uh, statistics, they have precautionary measures if you're in the health field or you work with people or just in general, and then call it good. 
you know, and take take those steps and call it good. Turn off the news, limit your exposure to the discussions in the office. I've heard even very well-intentioned people uh, giving misinformation, probably out of their own anxieties and fears. So it's really important to be able to put some headphones on and listen to music. You know, stand up, right? Stand up and walk around the building for a bit. Read a book, if you know, on your lunch break to instead of watching the news. Color in a coloring book for 10 minutes a few times a day. Those are all things that will help calm your nerves, distract your brain, and regulate your cortisol and adrenaline levels. You know, our body has a tendency to respond when we perceive fear and we either fight, we flight, or we freeze, right? And so if we are perceiving fear with the coronavirus, we can freeze because it can become debilitating where we may avoid our regular routines, which yes, you want to avoid extremely crowded places, but Keeping a routine would be very important. So if you do yoga, you run, you watch shows, you play with your kids, you play with your puppies, keep doing those things. And maybe do some of those things even more right now. An extra class of yoga, an extra time with playing with your puppy would be really good to help reduce that anxiety response in your body. And then flight, you know, some of us want to stick our head in the sands and sand and you'll hear people say um, things, you know, they'll joke about it, which I mean, humor is a good coping skill, but they don't, pers- don't, they don't look for the information. So it's okay to look for information. It's okay to take precautionary measures. Um, but it's important to take care of your anxiety as well and to manage and balance that with your preparedness. And I would encourage you, if you're one of those people that has made a preparedness box or you're going to, put some items in there that will help you with anxiety. You know, maybe even make a smaller box that you keep at your desk or at home of items that you can engage with that will calm and soothe the anxieties that you're feeling around coronavirus. You are such a wonderful human being right now. Like you are so calm and you are providing such wonderful tips. Oh. So thank you, Rebecca. I am already I am already feeling more calm. Oh, I'm so glad you're very kind. <laughs> All right. So um, another uh, – so I, I really like this is just therapy session for me. So uh, <laughs> is, that, is that your hidden agenda, Matt? <laughs> Free therapy. Um, So, you know, I think a lot uh, looking at the statistics and things like that, I think we're all worried about the older Americans in our life. Absolutely. And I think that's really what is causing my great anxiety is, you know, God bless. Thank you so much. I'm not worried about my children. I'm not worried about me and my wife. I'm worried about my parents. I'm worried about my in-laws. I'm worried about... My grandmother, uh, both my grandmothers are still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm worried about them, and that's really piquing my anxiety. So, what can we do to deal with that level of anxiety? Yes, and I am right there with you. Uh, my parents are both 80 years old, and uh, we're actually supposed to spend some time with them this weekend. And I intend to call them and just kind of check on them and see what their thoughts are and how they're feeling both physically and emotionally before we go out on our adventure. Um, And again, same kind of thing, just helping them to take precautionary steps and being prepared. Um, 
and encouraging them to take those steps and supporting them in any way. You know, if they do feel like they're at risk, you know, maybe they have allergies or stress or a a minor cold that will reduce their immune system response, offer to go to the store for them and bring them their items. Um, Offer to help them out with anything that might um, expose them to large crowds. That That's my goal anyways. That's the way I'm going to approach it. And if you do have uh, family members or loved ones with diabetes or asthma or other um, autoimmune or respiratory challenges, it's important for them to take precautions. And, um, and it's normal for us to feel heightened anxiety around our families and our loved ones, especially when they're vulnerable. And so again, just communicating with them regularly, making sure you're helping them with those situations and trusting that they will take care of themselves because they've got themselves this far, you know, and and they will continue to make wise decisions, probably even more wise than some of us younger (laughs) folk. That's true. Um, okay. And then last night as, you know, I'm sitting there and my phone is exploding with people throwing facts and scary news. Like Tom <laughs> Hanks has coronavirus, which is, man, you can't make this up. Like in a, in a movie, if they gave cr- the, the, the scary virus to the most beloved actor in the uh, in America, people would be like, what? That's stupid. That's, you know. But right. you, you just can't make this stuff up. Mm-hmm. So, um, but as all this news is coming out, my 13 year old daughter came out, and me and my wife were having, you know, a, a good freakout session. <laughs> and, um, you know, we both realized we should probably calm down and, you know, uh, slow down and explain to our daughter that we are freaking out. Um, but that doesn't mean that she, that things, you know, that the world's ending. I mean, um, right. So I think what I'm trying to say is give give me some tips to talk to my children about coronavirus. Right. So you're totally right in calming yourselves down, having your anxiety in check um, before you talk to your kiddos because they are very intuitive and they will pick up on the slightest bit of anxiety or angst in a parent. Um, and then being age appropriate with each age and developmental stage, and I will touch on those, but also being very reassuring to to your kiddos. And again, the same thing. I have kids that range from 13 to 22, and their exposure levels are different. Their risk levels are all different. And so we're approaching it with each one of them uh, to be to take precaution. They're at that age where they love to eat after each other and drink after each other. So we've encouraged them from the beginning, please don't do that. And please make sure you're washing your hands regularly. And um, so just continuing to teach them those preparedness you know, scenarios, but also to help them understand how they might be feeling about the situation. So lots of reassurance for little kids, lots of reassurance that everything that's being done is being done to keep you safe. While there are some unknown things, we will tell you everything we do know, and we will do everything we can to always keep you safe. Um, with a with a little bit older, around that 10 to 12 year year old age, 
just asking them, hey, what are you hearing? And what do you think about this? And well, let me tell you what the truth is. And let me tell you what, what the leaders in the world and in the country and locally are doing. And let me tell you what I'm doing. And let me encourage you that you can do that too. And that if you have anxiety or fear, you can always talk to me. We can always take care of that. And then with that 13 to 18 year old range, really, really listening, just hear them and reflect back to them what you're hearing them say about their emotions. You, I hear you and you sound really overwhelmed. You sound really fearful. I'm really sorry that you're having to go through this right now. Um, what do you, and ask them, what do you think we could do to make you, um, to help you feel better and more, um, more in control of your own space, right? And then for, uh, you know, those those young adults in our lives that are still, um, they don't have that full executive functioning till they're, you know, around 25, 26, 27, helping them also to talk about, you know, what are you, what are you experiencing? What's going on in your circles? What are you, what's, you know, what are your responses of your friends? How do you feel about that? Um, what do you think is best for you? You know, when you're working in that restaurant, what do you think you need to do to keep yourself safe? You know, just helping them kind of make those independent connections of, okay, yeah, so I need to probably wash my hands every few tables, if not more frequently. I need to, if I'm working with kiddos, I need to keep hand sanitizer next to me. I need to encourage the kiddos to not touch each other and to, um, you know, even make Make it a fun game, okay? We're going to see how how many people can keep their arms length apart from each other while we do this little dance or we do this little activity. Just encouraging them as they're young adults working and in schools to take those precautions, but also again asking them how they're feeling and what what they are experiencing. There's not a person I don't think that is not having some level of fear and concern over this virus. But again, I want to encourage you that it is limited. It will be okay. Eventually, we will return to typical life. And um, taking these precautions and preparedness steps in, at each level, system, you know, individual, family, community, and the policies that are being set in place, those are all measures to keep us physically safe and then meanwhile, we have to take care of our brain as well and where that anxiety can take us because um, increased cortisol and adrenaline in our system and the other hormones that are released when we feel stress can compromise our immune system. So it's really important um, to take care of our stress uh, and our anxiety and our fear thoughts to interrupt those thoughts and use some coping skills, whether that's deep breaths, positive imagery. My favorite is on the beach, of course, with the warm sand and the sunshine and the wind and the smell of the ocean. You know, really all five senses engaged in that positive imagery to calm your senses, calm your body response. And even watch, even something as simple as watching an hourglass, you know, watching that sand settle and just Focusing yourself, grounding yourself to the here and now is um, highly helpful. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you're a mental health professional and your husband is a physician, correct? That's correct. And what kind of physician is he? He is a family practice physician. I'm sure, you know, he's asking you about mental health side and you're asking him about the healthcare side. What are some of the topics that you guys have been talking about that, you know, would be interesting to share with people? 
Right. So health professionals are taking precautions to try to limit the spread of the virus. Uh, My husband's company that he works for, they are sending text messages to their patients before they come in to assess whether they've traveled, what their symptoms are, and what their exposure is. Um, If they have any risk of having coronavirus, they are asked to wear a mask and they are immediately and they're asked to come immediately to the window and to not touch doorknobs as they come in. They are asked to immediately come to the window and they are taken back to the isolation examination room where they will be tested. And um and then they follow policy per the CDC from there. So yes, um healthcare professionals are taking measures. Uh, most healthcare professionals, if they see you with a respiratory illness, wear, wear, will be wearing a mask. Some will also talk to you about your anxiety. He um, does a lot of addiction medicine and um, has a lot of people with comorbidity, with mental health disorders. And so he will um, be being mindful in his clinic with his patients. And so we talk a lot about you know what you can share with your par- patients about managing their anxiety levels and the importance of that. So yeah, that's that's about it. I mean, and we 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 have a daughter that has a, res, a restrictive airway disease and and that's a concern. I have a sibling that has diabetes and that's a concern. And so we talk about that, you know, in relation to clients and parents and patients and children and and siblings. Um in fact, both we also have siblings um in Westchester County, where the largest cluster is located, and siblings in Seattle. So uh, we're checking in with them. They are all well, and we are glad. Um, and we're glad that they are, their counties and their states and their cities are taking efforts to keep them safe. And that's that's the one thing I really appreciate about the authorities is that they are taking measures to keep us safe you know, without disrupting too much normalcy in life. I think they really are walking a very fine line very well. Yeah, I do too. Okay. Is there anything else you would want to share with the audience? Any tips or anything? I think just being um, being aware of how you're feeling and acknowledging that and then taking care of those emotions. We often don't think that we... Um, we often think that we can just tell our brain, oh, stop, you know, just don't worry. And it's just not the case. Our brain is an organ. This is my favorite little spiel. Our brain is an organ, just like our heart and our stomach. And our stomach can have a bout of the flu. Our heart can have an arrhythmia. We would never think to tell our stomach or our heart, oh, just stop being sick. Oh, just beat right. I mean, we would love to be able to do that. Of course, save a lot of money, put doctors out of business, right? But we can't. It just doesn't work that way. And it's the same thing with our brain. Our brain is an organ just like our heart and our stomach. And it can get in a place that is kind of wonky and kind of challenging, right? And we can take steps to treat that. And so if it becomes really extraordinary where you're having difficulty leaving your home, you're having an inordinate amount of fear that's interfering with your daily life, please reach out to a mental health professional. Please reach out to a support group. And meanwhile, if if you're able to maintain, but you're still feeling anxious, get that little box, that little mental health preparedness box ready and have those coloring books, the music, reading books, 
stress balls, whatever will help you to calm and soothe your response to the fear and the threat that you may be feeling. I am in such a better place than I was when we started this conversation. So thank you, Rebecca. Um, And as is our tradition here on the Mental Health Download, we ask our guests to share a bit of uh, wisdom with us and then say, go do good things. So Rebecca, take it away. Yes. Wash those hands and make your anxiety management box today and go do good things.